0: Our gospel reading for this morning comes from the Gospel of John, John's accounts of the first Easter, and it comes from chapter 20 in the Gospel of John. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. And for as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that and she told them that he had said these things to her. Grace and peace to you from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, I am happy to report that at this point I have received the first dose of the Pfizer vaccine. Like so many people at our church, thanks to Bob Topper and Joanne Ciccarini who found me an appointment. My appointment was at Wegmans in Warrington, which I thought was such an odd place to receive such a life-saving shot. I went at the appointed time. I walked in past the shopping carts, past the produce section. I picked up a a couple greeting cards And I checked in at the pharmacy. I took a seat in a small vaccination space, which seemed to be just a hallway, (laughs) and sat behind a Japanese screen. I received my shot, waited 20 minutes to be sure there was no reaction. I bought my greeting cards, and I went home. It was so funny that this momentous thing happened in such a mundane setting. The extraordinary wrapped in the ordinary. The vaccine that is working in me as we speak was created with this amazing new mRNA technology. The CDC says that it teaches our cells how to make a protein or even just a piece of a protein that triggers an immune response inside our bodies. That immune response which produces antibodies is what protects us from getting infected if the real virus enters our body. At the end of the process, our bodies have learned to protect against future infection. It's amazing that even now, it's teaching my cells to recognize and repel the virus. And since that visit to Wegmans, I've been reflecting a lot on how Easter itself, how Easter itself is a vaccine for so many of the things that ail us. Easter is a vaccine against despair. It is a vaccine against cynicism. It is a vaccine against isolation. Easter is a vaccine against death, having the last word. A vaccine of just accepting things as they are, accepting the world as it is. Easter teaches our hearts to hope, to trust, and to believe. Easter teaches us to persevere, To find the light in the darkness, to live by grace, to love even as we have been loved. And this, I think, is what we hear in the Easter story from the Gospel of John. Mary Magdalene goes out to the tomb while it is still dark, all by herself. Now, Mary Magdalene was one of Jesus' inner circle among the women who financially supported Jesus' ministry. And she, as much as any disciple, had followed and supported and journeyed with Jesus. And so she comes out to the tomb and sees that the stone is rolled away. She doesn't know what to do or think, and so she runs back to tell the disciples. And then Peter and John, the beloved disciple, have a footrace to the tomb to see for themselves. They confirm that it is empty, and they return to tell the other disciples. Up until this point in the story... The only miracle they saw, perhaps, was that the stone was moved. But that could have just as easily been the Romans or body snatchers. Easter, to this point, had still not happened. Mary's grief was only magnified by the fact that Jesus' body was missing. As they say, things were darkest before the dawn. So Peter and John go back, but Mary stays by herself, crying, crying. And only then does she see the two angels and then Jesus, who first appears to her as a gardener. It reminds me of that song, Blessings. What if your blessings come through raindrops? What if your healing comes through tears? What if a thousand sleepless nights are what it takes to know you're here? Jesus speaks her name and she recognizes him. She returns to tell the disciples with a very different message than the first time. She says, I have seen the Lord. Jesus is risen. He is alive. And this message, this first Easter sermon, changed and inspired the world. A vaccine for the fear and despair of the first Christians. The antidote for all the greed, fear, prejudice, power, hard-heartedness, and religiosity that put Jesus to death. It is the assurance, the evidence, that the power of divine life and love cannot be extinguished by any earthly power. And we have come here today to hear the story, to hear Mary's story, to have our hope and faith renewed. To know, as it says in the Song of Songs, Love is as strong as death, passion as fierce as the grave, its flashes are flashes of fire, a raging flame. Many waters cannot quench love, neither can floods drown it, and neither can tombs hold it. We have come today to get our Easter shot in the arm, our annual vaccination, to see angels amidst our tears, to hear Jesus speak each of our names, and so to know that we are known and loved and saved, to remember that in the end, Love always wins. This Easter story is at the heart of our faith, and our faith uses an old, old technology that I might call not mRNA but BDNA, BDNA, baptismal DNA, to teach us how to truly live. The old, old story of Jesus and his love is joined to our story. And it teaches us at the cellular level how to live, how to love, and how to serve. Last week at Dagmar Keenan's funeral service, we were reminded that when we were baptized in Christ Jesus, we were baptized into his death. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death so that as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might live a new life. For if we had been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. In plain English, we are joined to Jesus' death and baptism so that we would also be joined to his resurrection and new and abundant and eternal life. The waters of baptism, the scriptures, stories, and the community of the church change our DNA and build our resistance against darkness, hate, and injustice and all the forces that defy God. And as we say in our baptismal liturgy, as we live among God's faithful people and come to the word of God and the Holy Supper and learn the Lord's Prayer, the Creed, and the Ten Commandments and explore the scriptures and grow in faith and prayer, we learn to trust God, to proclaim Christ through word and deed, care for others and the world God made, and work for justice and peace. Our BDNA, our faith, teaches us at a cellular level, at the level of our hearts, our souls, our minds, how to hope, how to keep the faith, and how to share the love, and enables us to say with Mary Magdalene, we too have seen the Lord. The question of Easter is the question that faces all of us at this point in the pandemic. What now? Given what we've experienced What do we do now? It is the question we are asking as we see hope on the horizon in the pandemic. Will we return to normal or will we be changed by this communal experience? Will we hide out like the disciples did in an upper room or like Mary proclaim new life to ourselves and others? How will our faith help us to seize this opportunity to rewrite the stories that need rewriting? How will we make the most of this gift? Several years ago, Nicholas Nisley, the Episcopal Bishop of Rhode Island, once shared an observation with me that I have never forgotten. He observed that while in life Jesus was, we think, a carpenter, a builder, following in the footsteps of his father Joseph, when he appears to Mary, he is instead a gardener. And Bishop Nisley told me this. He said, I think it is really interesting that Jesus, as his incarnational presence, was a builder. And in his resurrection, he appears as a gardener. It goes from the man who is trying to impose order on nature and force a certain kind of outcome to the gardener who works with the chaos of everyday life and tweaks and prods and co-creates with the chaos of creation. And I think that's the paradigm we're heading to, he says. We're giving up the idea that we can create these beautiful logical structures that are going to make nature do our will and we're going to live more closely to the created order. Jesus, once a carpenter, a builder, appears in his resurrection as a gardener, one who works with the chaos of everyday life and tweaks and prods and co-creates with the chaos of creation. And Jesus continues to plant his seeds in us and coax out of us life and beauty in our lives. And as his disciples, we too can work within the chaos, the uncertainty and challenges of everyday life as it gets busier for all of us once again to call forth life in our world that is known far too much death. Living in hope, We gather together to live into the mystery, to embrace the adventure of faith, to expect God to do the unexpected, just as God did on this Easter morning. And finally, I want to share a blessing with you called Risen by Jan Richardson, which was written for Easter Day. She writes, If you are looking for a blessing, do not linger here. Here is only emptiness, a hollow, a husk, where a blessing used to be. This blessing was not content in its confinement. It could not abide its isolation, the unrelenting silence, the pressing stench of death. So if it is a blessing you seek, open your own mouth, fill your lungs with the air this new morning brings, and then release it with a cry— Hear how the blessing breaks forth in your own voice, how your own lips form every word you never dreamed to say. See how the blessing circles back again, wanting you to repeat it, but louder, how it draws you, pulls you, sends you to proclaim its only word, risen, risen, risen. Amen.